Hello, welcome again to DAO Talks. So, as you know, a bunch of talks with builders about DAOs, Web3, life, and everything. Today, I'm talking to Van Gist, UX designer and dungeon master at Meta Cartel, early member of Raid Guild. He's also an agent at the DIA, the Decentralized Intelligence Agency. He's busy these days with the next version of Mall of DAOs, um, the DAO house. He's a big time design thinker with a passion for social impact projects. We'll be talking about the wild west days of crypto, past and current, and uh, Van's journey from web to design to dApps and ProtoDAO to MetaCartel, DAO House, and Raid Guild. And most importantly, his never-ending quest to improve human coordination for the greater good. First, however, I have to make, again, a statement requested by our lawyers. Here it comes. The information in this podcast is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. It is not intended to be and does not constitute financial advice, investment advice, trading advice, or any other advice. By the way, if you're listening to this podcast on Spotify or Apple or Google or any other platform, consider heading over to talk.dalhas.com. That is uh, talk.dalhas.com. You're getting the exact same podcast that you listen to now, plus an interactive transcript and uh, links to topics, sites, and people, and more talks, obviously. Let's jump in. And just where does the name come from? Uh, yeah, that's just my name. <laughs> Don't tell anybody that, though. Uh, they like to think it is just a pseudon, uh, but it's just my name. So, yeah. Okay. Hidden Good. secret. That, that's cool. That's cool. And, uh, uh, that, that's surprising <laughs> because we, you know, put it together yeah. with the uh, and stuff. This guy. Okay. All right. Interesting. Well fit. Very good. Very good. How did you, when did you get into, when did you get into crypto and blockchain, like actively? So you like knew about Bitcoin uh, way back in the day, like 2013, 2014. Um, I'm a, so a little background, I'm more of a, I'm a designer. So that's like where I come from mainly. Like uh, typical old world stuff was like no graphic design and advertising campaigns and art direction. Full stack design uh, basically is where I was coming from. Uh, and then Bitcoin was, I mean, super cool. Obviously, there's a lot of cool things there, you know, uh, decentralized money um, and all the different things that comes with that. But there wasn't, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was way over my uh, whatever, uh, like knowledge base. Like I, there wasn't anything there that I felt like I could affect, basically. It was like this, all this like heavy, heavy cryptography, very, very cool. But I didn't really see anything that I could personally affect, right? And then Ethereum came around like 2016, and uh, that became a little bit more talked about 2017 and things. And then I was, and then I caught on to that through some of the pals who had turned me on to Bitcoin. You know, like the the more I work with a lot of devs, obviously as a designer, so they were the ones who were like, "Oh, this Bitcoin is like super fucking cool. It's going to change everything." I'm like, "Yeah, it's cool, but I don't. I can't really help it go forward." But when Ethereum came out, I was like, oh, no, this is like the same shit. Like we can build applications on this, except, you know, it's all decentralized. There's all these like wild new design problems to solve in this like wild west of crypto. And like all the user experience was like absolute shit. It still is pretty shit, uh, but it's like infinitely better than it was, you know, five years ago, which is hard to even like, yeah, even think back to say that Ethereum has been cruising for five years now. Uh, but yeah, it was then that I was really like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, I can understand this. I can apply my skills uh, to this. So I started doing like UX design for, you know, dApps on Ethereum, basically. Uh, but always really interested in DAOs, even though it was just like, uh, um, I don't know, something that would be coming later. You know, Vitalik had like talked about DAOs and um, there was another word for it too back then. Uh, or DACs and, you know, decentralized autonomous companies and organizations, all these different things. Uh, and it all sounded really awesome. And certainly, uh, but yeah, but it, but it really wasn't there yet. So I was mostly doing like dApp design and stuff like that early days. 
before DAOs really became actionable. Became DAOs. So let me dig in this for a little bit. What 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 fascinated you about what 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 was it about? Yeah, know, totally. Stuff like not stuff, but organization. <clears throat> what what caught your attention or what triggered your curiosity? I mean, yeah, I think for all of us, it's all like really personal. Uh, you know, based on our, on our own personal histories and how we've interacted with the world and and all that stuff. And for me, it's having worked in many different types of organizations from like incredibly large advertising firms to like small boutique design firms, you know, small collectives, large collectives, like various different types of organizations, right? And as a designer, I get, I've had thousands of clients, thousands of organizations that I was designing for. So I got very into design for something you need to understand it. So I had to understand many, many different types of organizations and see how they work in and out. And as well as having my own personal experience with how those organizations work and how humans collaborate with one another on things, what an organization is, right? Like an organization is literally just a group of people. You can call it whatever you want, a company, a group, a collective, a co-op, whatever name you want. It's the, the basic primitive is just a group of people coordinating on a common goal, whatever that may be. And most companies, that goal is profit, but like in many other types of organizations, it's a different goal right so and i so and i always felt like i didn't know what it was but and there was a problem in every single one of, one of those organizations uh basically as a designer i think about user experience all the time that's but user experience to me is also human experience so like literally when i'm like designing ux stuff like in an app i'm not trying to design that experience so you stay there and do anything I design it so you get what you need and then get back to real life. Like I think about you as a human, not as a user within a DAP. And I, that's how I always thought about it. So in human coordination is always very, very important to me. And like on a meta meta level of humanity, that's been a big problem is like humans coordinating on common goals uh, for actual, like what that actual goal is, not just profit. I think we've been kind of organizations have been captured by profit. Uh, the entire so every organization basically even nonprofits like end up like focusing on not profit per se but uh, you know maximizing their treasury so to speak um, so it's I've constantly seen organizations say that this is our goal and this is what we're trying to do but then the actual structure of the organization how the humans coordinate is not facilitate does not facilitate that goal it actually facilitates just like profit or whatever which lowers the quality of the actual outcome that people were actually coordinating or trying to coordinate towards, if that makes any sense. But in general, like, just, I don't know, I always felt like there were massive problems in organizational structures in general. And I think the main today, having seen DAOs play around for a few years, you know, I really think that it's because of the centralized power problem. Like, it's constant in every single organization. There's always one person who can say yes or no. And it just creates this like effect that snowballs through every single organization and limits, yeah, coordination, basically. So good. So I, you know, I, I just took a note on this because he said, yeah, it's, it's people working around goals. And in companies, this goal is maximizing profit of the organization or company. And, you know, I, just took a note there because I was talking to Jack from Colony a few days back and he had made, made a few interesting comments related obviously to DAOs as well. And one, one thing that I just struck me there is it's, yeah, it's the goal of the organization, but it's you know, rarely the goal of the people that work in the organization, right? There's a disconnect between the goal. Of right. The yeah. Like the, basically there's multiple organizations within every organization, right? There's a board of directors and that's the organization that actually runs everything. They control how much everybody gets paid. They control how much profit people get to, you know, what their salaries are and all that stuff. It's all at the top. And those people at the bottom who are actually doing all these things, they don't really have any power to affect any of that which I think is the main problem. That's where people don't have connections with where they're working. It's just like a work. It's a job that I go to because I have to pay bills. It's not like doing a thing that you like to do in order to improve humanity, which is how I like to spend my time.
So DAOs have really aligned with that personal goal of mine, which is literally just to create value. That's that's like what I how I like to spend my time. Um, so DAOs align with that very well because that's all I do now is just like wherever I can create value, I'm able to do that in whatever organization I can do that in. Good. So what was the first DAO that you got actively involved in? What did you do for it or what? Yeah, so we definitely, uh, yeah, we, when I first started over at Ethereum, some of us were working together as kind of what today would probably be called like a proto DAO or something. It was just like a, because there weren't any smart contracts that were like DAOs yet. Uh, Aragon was working on some stuff and there were some people working on, there was the DAO. Uh, which was obviously like a, or got hacked and things. Right. But that's what we, yeah, we just operated as a multi-sig where like I was the signer and like the other people that I was working with were signers. So all the money that we got paid went to that one multi-sig and we paid each other equally out of it. Basically, that was like all we did, super proto DAO and not really DAO-like at all today. But then the first real DAO uh, was Meta Cartel. For me anyway, there was Malik DAO which was the first deployment of the Molokdale contract in February of 2019. That was the first Molokdale, which was, you know, a response. Are you familiar with Molokdale at all? Yeah, I am. When Medacartel yeah. was, was, was when and how, what did, when you said you joined, what does that actually mean? And what, how did you actively participate? I'm really interested. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The, so in it was super, it was really fucking exciting. So yeah, happy to share. Uh, yeah, it was really fucking exciting because we actually had a real DAO contract. Uh, so it was real at that point. Instead of us just like talking about DAOs and Telegram groups or Discord chats or whatever, we actually had a contract to coordinate with. But Malik DAO was the first contract. And that was February 2019. And then Meta Cartel basically, you know, cloned that contract uh, and changed a couple parameters, deployed it on mainnet. And then that was a that was MetaCartel DAO. So it was literally just a copy of the contract, basically, at that point. And then we, and the goal for that, so the goal of Moloch DAO was to, it was a bunch of people self-organized to fund ETH 2.0, basically. Like there was the Ethereum Foundation, that's great, uh, but we don't need to have centralized funding systems. So, and a lot of people thought that they could put their own ETH together to fund whatever they want. So they just self-organized into Moloch DAO to do that to fund ETH 2.0. Meta Cartel uh, was started by Peter Pan, who really had the, and a few others for sure, but, and a lot of us were chatting in Telegram groups and things at the same time. But it was, as a DAO, started to give grants to people building applications. So instead of like doing deep research on ETH 2.0, which is super valuable, uh, Meta Cartel just focused on actually funding builders, uh, building the dApps on Ethereum. So, many, many early, uh, well, many dApps that people are using today were like funded by that first DAO, by Minocartel DAO, like Zapper and Gelato, and like a lot of like really big DAO house. Yeah, a lot of really awesome applications came out of that. But that was the focus was basically like, let's put ETH together into this DAO and then we'll vote to uh, send grants to uh, builders building dApps, like they'll bring us their dApp idea and we'll see if we think that they can actually execute it and it's a good idea. Most of the time we, we gave grants, we still today think about it mostly about giving grants to people more than projects. So we're not investing or anything, they're grants, but we definitely focus on the people more so. Like even if we, if they come to us and they're like, uh, oh, here's our idea, and we're going to do this. We may think that the idea is like not that great, but we actually really believe in them and we think they're on the right track. So we might still give them a great anyway, because we believe that they'll find their way or whatever, but I digress. But yeah, that's how we started. It was to fund DAP or yeah, to fund DAPs, the application layer on Ethereum, uh, where Moloch DAO was focusing on ETH 2.0 development research. So just kind like self people in the Ethereum network self-organizing into DAOs to fund whatever they want to fund, basically, which is the a really awesome use case. And in in your case, you know, coming where you're coming from, from a designer caring about human interaction and um, human collaboration, 
what what was your how would I put it your you one thing is giving grants right and driving the cost further and this connects to what you said earlier about you know you felt in the early stages of this like blockchain history that there was nothing you could influence or impact, right and this obviously was a tool as i see this my interpretation from what you're saying was a way of influencing what was happening was influencing and helping to shape the future right um yeah Sure. What was it when you look at Meta Cartel and Moloch and what, what was it what you felt that you were able, uniquely able to contribute here? What are the things that you would say you could still look at and let's say Meta Cartel and say, hey, you know, the way this works now or how this looks or whatever it is, is something that I contributed, right? Like I, I see this with developers very often. They, you know, they put out a piece of code and it's a piece of them. And it stays there, right? And it's there's a there's mm. pride in that. Where, where do you see the pieces in this early Meta Cartel, Moloch, whatever else, where you say, "Hey, I, I, I feel I contributed to this in in it." That's really funny you asked that. Actually, I was uh, just reflecting on that uh, literally a couple hours ago. Uh, I didn't actually get to a conclusion though, so I don't even know why I was on that train of thought. But I was there actually early to say, which is funny. Uh, I don't know. It was, I mean, it's a lot of coordination, right? So it's a, it's a ton of coordination. Everything in a DAO is coordinated. So like, I don't even know where you got that line about me focusing on coordination costs, but, uh, uh, but it's just really important, you know, because the higher it is, the people just don't coordinate. So the lower it is, congratulations, now people coordinate. I mean, there's a lot of magic that happens to lower the coordination cost, but it, you know, for the most part, it just takes, it takes attention and focus and if someone on that where some people focus on that then typically the problem will be solved or at least uh you know improved so that's is where i mainly put most of my energy in the early days of meta cartel and just like the it's a, i mean it's a, every dao is a new community as well so um a lot of just like anybody who joins changes the culture immediately that's just what happens so like having a way to or just being very cognizant of that every time so when everybody comes in you're like trying to get them up to speed with what's happening with the DAO and what's going on and just trying to get people to be to get as much information as they can about what's happening in the organization so that they can also affect it basically and I don't know so I think this is not going to be a very well thought out answer because it's whatever I'm just kind of thinking out loud but I do think that one contribution that I'm proud of that's the kind of question I was thinking of earlier was like yeah, what a, is there anything there that I did that I would like personally be proud of, like my own personal contributions? It really was a lot of people doing a lot of things though. So that's is why it's hard. There's a lot of us doing it together. But if you've looked at like the community first manifesto that came out of the meta cartel, that's like a very important document that came out that emerged from early days meta cartel because we said community was first, period. If the community is not happy, this all is dead like community needs to be healthy and that's literally all that needs to that's the main thing to focus on is happy culture happy community and if there's if that's not happening then anything that those that group of people is doing to coordinate together is fucked is basically like the theory that we all kind of had early days so really focus on community first you know all the things that that entails getting together in person and having regular we still have weekly calls every single week and have since the since day one of Meta Cartel. Just like various things like that. So if you can just jump in and jump out and get information and affect stuff and jump into work streams and help out wherever. But just consistency and just all of that kind of stuff. And there weren't any DAOs back then. So now this is like the talk of the town. Like, how do we do this better and all these kinds of things? And it really is like a really big focus. Like all DAOs is like onboarding contributors and how do you get them up to speed and all those types of things, right? Those are still the same questions that we're addressing today. But I really am really proud of all of us in the Meta Cartel early days for really focusing on that uh, way before there was any proof of that elsewhere, <laughs> I guess. Like, I think, yeah, the Community First Manifesto in general, we all put work and thought into it, but yeah, that focus in general, I was very, very strong advocate 
uh, of that early days and still am for sure. And, and give me, I totally get it. And there's a few follow-up questions. One thing that's going to be helpful here additionally is, can you think of one, two, three, like examples of changes? They don't have to be big, but so somebody else that has, you know, not been part of a DAO ever imagine mm -hmm. like kind of changes where you go, Oh, look, there's a problem. There's friction, right? The, the, yep two three examples like they can be totally minor i'm not looking for the big changes because usually all of oh, this sure. some of all the pieces two three examples would be really cool yeah yeah i mean a big one like what is the purpose of the meta cartel the purpose of the meta cartel is to receive uh grant requests from people uh who are building grants and we want those to be of high quality obviously so there's some filtering there you can't just drop if you just let everyone drop all their ideas into one thing and all down members have to look at all of those and vet all that information, it's never going to happen. So there needs to be some kind of filtration system to, you know, like we have a weekly call. So there is a, it's an hour long. There's maybe 15 to 30 minutes to evaluate and to discuss real time uh, applications that are going through. So that's everybody's time is very, very important. They live all around the world and doing all these different things. So that 30 minutes of that weekly call, that information needs to be like fucking ready for all DAO members to process. So one, many, a few different times within the Meta Cartel base, I think this is a good example. So that is all the Meta Cartel is supposed to do is process grants, like vet, receive, vet, fund, basically, right? So everything else is just people hanging out and doing whatever they want to do. They can, they have a DAO, they can fund whatever they want to do. They can, we can fund IRL events, we can do whatever, but the grant process is the actual function of the organization. So a few times people in the community has been like, I don't really understand what's happening with this stage of the process. And then people are like, yeah, it could really use some work. And they're like, well, I wouldn't mind taking a look at it. And then we're like, great, go do that. And then you can request funds from the DAO if you make a process that's better. And that's happened a couple of times. People have thought about the whole process, holistic. like I did it early days or a few of us teamed up on it together early days but then it's been iterated on a few times over the years and today now there's like a little group of people who just kind of they call themselves the meta guides and they focus on uh working like more direct participation with the grantees because that was like a thing it's like okay you got grant you got funded but now what because like really our power five thousand or ten thousand dollars isn't the actual value, the value is like all of the wealth of information within the members of the meta cartel, basically. So like ongoing communication. So meta guides kind of like in integrated, built this new process for the DAO to use that keeps the grantees kind of more integrated so that they can be more back and forth feedback and things throughout their building process and so on and so forth. But um, does that kind of answer your question? Like just like oh. very, various different things. Just it's more it's really work stream driven i guess like hey this process sucks and then someone's like okay well do you want to fix it and they're like yeah and then they build a little team and then they go and, and bring us a, a suggestion back to the DAO, and we're like yeah that's great let's integrate it or well no let's do this thing or whatever but but yeah yeah i, I get it like, i think the same way so it, it, it's, it's very you know close to my way of thinking of, of i always think in processes so give mm -hmm. me just for the you know in terms of getting this into story give me an example of a process improvement that's specific so look we used to do it like this and then i or somebody else just do it like this and now we are doing like that and then it evolved again like what would be kind of like this improvements in the process that for you oh, yeah you're, you're One. So in depth in it they seem to you kind of obvious but think about it from the outside so say this is the grand process and we did it like this and we detected mm -hmm. this problem and we changed it to that make it like granular with a real example. Well, yeah, one, one of the things that I've seen uh, recently is they've just started implementing like videos, uh, like gathering videos from the applicants basically. So now when we go into the call, like I said, that time and that call is very important. So to make that even more succinct, because we weren't getting through, uh, the problem was like, like grants weren't getting enough attention in general it's always about trying to get more and more the more attention you can get on things the better there just is a bandwidth capability there is a bandwidth limitation always depending on how many 
how much time and money is in an organization, right? There's always limitations. So you have to like prioritize or whatever. But one of the biggest things that they did was those videos are really cool because they're just like little two minute pitch videos basically from each applicant. Um, so we can just run those through the, right before that, we were having them come in manually and have like a Q&A with them basically. Uh, like they put, they would post on the forum and that's all we were doing in the old days was they would post on the forum and then that was like text. And then we would talk about it together in the DAO call and we would put it on chain to the DAO after that. And there really wasn't much back and forth. And then we, so then we started inviting them to the calls if they were really high signal ones that like, you know, some people were like, oh, well, I really like this. I think it's really cool, but I have some questions. And then we started inviting them into the call. So then, you know, they'd have five to 10 minutes to pitch us basically. Uh, but now that's been refined down to just like little two minute pitch videos basically from each applicant. So now we can go through 20 grant proposals instead of three, basically. So that's, yeah, very it's iterative, very, very iterative, but each time it just gets a little bit better and we can process more and more information together with the same or fewer amount of people, basically. Quick idea, and then we're going to move on next topic. So just, and then we kind of think, I think we finished with MetaCartel. This was super, super cool. Um, to give an idea, not the very early days, but, you know, look maybe back a year ago compared to today. How many grant applications would you get a year ago and how many grants would you actually give out and how many grants right. would you get comparable a year later in the same period and how many grants you go out? What is the, the dimension in terms of process? Right. Yeah. That's very, very much a part of why the process has to keep getting better is because the volume as you know, as I'm sure you're aware, like all of this is getting far more popular. Uh, people are building more and more things. People are coming up with more and more ideas. Therefore, there are more and more people requesting grants from the Meta Cartel. Therefore, we need to make a better process because we don't want to. We don't want people to be asking us and then not getting like back to our community first values. Like we don't want people to request help from the Meta Cartel and then not get answered at all. You know, like that. So that started happening at some point because there was just too many and we didn't have a process to handle so many. So then you know, that's kind of where these subgroups sort of emerge with like the meta guides and things to really, hey, we really want to focus on the grantee experience and make sure that, you know, and that's very much part of our community first values is, you know, yeah. In terms of numbers? Like in terms of numbers. Oh yeah. So early days, it was just like, uh, you know, very piecemeal. It'd be like maybe what we were doing, we'd basically do it quarterly is what we were doing i think so or maybe even like every six months we would do like a great round it wasn't really like a tight process but that was like our basic uh uh velocity i guess but nowadays there's probably a good i mean so say five to ten grant requests per uh quarter i guess and then but nowadays it's probably more like 20 to 50 grant requests uh per month so more like 200 grant requests per quarter or something so that's like a vastly uh more voluminous uh <laughs> yeah uh more quantity so the process needs to get better because yeah so we can process more information without people having shitty experiences so on and so forth very good okay um there's a side question how are and this this now this way all questions DAO related and story related this now is more you know, from my other projects, how are you guys, the House Media Cartel actually paying out the grants? Is somebody sitting there pressing, um, using what you're using, mm -hmm. multi-stick genosis, or how's this actually handed out? Like, how's the process that? Yeah, have you, you can go to the DAO. Have you gone to the DAO yet? Nope. I can grab you a link. I'll grab you a link afterwards. I'm on mobile. Right. So it might... later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'll grab you a link after. But it's just the DAO. So it's DAO House. Uh, you know, DAO House is a front end, is a no code uh, front end for Moloch DAOs, basically. So you can deploy a Moloch DAO without any code experience. And then you have an entire front end for your DAO. So you can submit a, anybody can submit a proposal to, I can submit a proposal to give you a grant, uh, but that goes to the DAO to vote on. It's not like okay. I can send you money from the DAO or anything, I can, anybody in the DAO can submit a proposal, but everybody can also vote on that proposal. So um, that's the, yeah, kind of final consensus. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I can look at that myself. I was just wondering what we're talking about. Okay, so let's now fast forward to today. How 
I, I could, and let me put the foundation for the question is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see you in the early days in Media Cartel, really focusing on a lot of, let me put it like this one step back. So the, how good this works, right? The, the, how well this DAO works, apart from you know, this general idea of focusing on community, but is all about reducing friction and making this processes and the human experience in this better, right? And mm -hmm. that is very detail oriented, right? Like it's rarely two or three big changes. Well, they're there as well, but it's a lot of engineering. It's, it's engineering, right? Like you, 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 you turn a lot of screws left and right. There's a lot of- Both, both technical and non-technical though. Very right, important right, right. point, but yeah, 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 exactly. It is definitely and, lots of engineering. And you really need to understand it to be really deep, right? And I can see that. And I, I can imagine you in that scenario somewhat. So now fast forward today, how do you end up on, you know, in, on deep DAO indicator for people like on one in terms of like participation in DAOs and this thing? And how does it, how has your work or participation changed? Because my first mm -hmm. thing, there you were like it's something that you likely know and knew in very much detail and where you could have at length discussion with people if it would be better to do it like this or like that if you now you you kind of stretch thinner wider right you're likely not getting the same deep insight it's my mm -hmm. hypothesis so yeah. this is what the question is, is how what what has changed between then and now and what are you doing now and how are you looking at it? Yeah, and it's, I think it's beautiful. I think it's one of the most exciting things that I've seen happen in DAOs, uh, to be honest. And I've seen it happen in many, many communities that I've been a part of. And I've seen it uh, from, a, we don't really call ourselves founders or anything. There's no elevated position for that per se, but whatever. You're one of the first members of the DAO. Um, so you were there at the beginning of the culture formation and all that stuff, which is important. But it's also, it's a DAO, so you don't actually have more actual power than anybody else. Like actual, anyway, like you have just as much rights to send to propose a thing as I do. I've just been here longer, basically. And to see how that plays out has been really fucking exciting because, like I said, I've worked in many, many other organizations before. I've also been leaders of other various different types of organizations before. And I really like this side better because... What happens is I, while I am needed, uh, I, like you said, I, you know, have this rich knowledge. I'm at the beginning. There's only a few of us who have this rich knowledge, but as we're growing and, and building as a community, then, and very, very important that information is not kept from new people, but that it's shared as quick as possible in as much volume as possible, as much as they can handle so they can take over basically. So, and that has like organically happened where I've, my the need for my input has diminished over time in pretty much every organization, uh, which is super fucking cool to me. Like basically what it means is that someone else has, or more often a group of people team up to kind of like take over the reins of a certain area because they just want to make that part of the process better or whatever. Like these meta guides that I'm talking about, meta cartel is a great example no, that they literally just self-organized. Nobody hired the meta guides. Nobody said, hey, let's start meta guides. Who wants to be meta guides? Some people were just like, started talking and then all of a sudden they're the meta guides. And now they're like making the whole fucking thing so much better. And that's happened so many different times. And Raid Guild was like a very cool one for that too. Where like early days, you know, to get, uh, I, I am pretty abstract sometimes. So I apologize. I'll try to get more like a, no, no, uh, yeah, or yeah, bring me, I, I like your questions though, bringing me into like actionable or small things, but like one super specific example, like you know, early days in the Raid Guild, I was actually designing, are you familiar with Raid Guild? Yeah, guess, yeah, first of all? yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy. It's just an agency basically of devs and designers. They just operate as a DAO. Uh, they do all the same things that a dev uh, design agency would do, uh, just a lot more uh, because they're a DAO basically. Uh, they also have a huge fucking treasury to themselves so they can fund their own stuff. Uh, you know, different things that centralized companies just can't do uh, because CEOs don't just give money to people to go build whatever they want, but DAOs do. But 
so like early days I was designing and stuff and then I was uh and then I got elevated to more like just what would you call it like a, a project management and then I was just kind of like managing different raids we call them in in the raid guild so I was just kind of like setting up raids setting up the teams and helping them get started and, and facilitating uh uh uh, their work streams and things but then that wasn't really required because then there were uh, sub teams that popped up that did that throughout the entire raid guild for example like things like that so then so then I just became like a a, a hunter where I know a lot of fucking people around the space and they would be like oh we need this build and I'd be like oh we'll go talk to raid guild and then I would like help set up a team with with them through that way so then I kind of like biz dev or something which is not a thing that I do but you know, but when it's just facilitating coordination, that's like a thing that's like, yeah, it comes very naturally. So then I was just doing that, which that's mainly still what I do, I guess, for the most part. But I don't even do that very much because now there are people doing that all the time. So these days, all I really do is hop in every now and then. And just to be present and if they're talking about a thing and if I have something to say, then I say it. Uh, but otherwise, everything's like running and it's like way better than it ever was and um yeah it's really cool that yeah it just kind of happened organically though which i think is really neat fantastic it's great with the um with did you all the DAOs that you're in right now uh, did you all join them very early or there some way you joined much later yeah well so one big uh thing i wanted to say about the deep DAO uh data stuff is that so one really big point about DAOs and especially like data looking at data like that is that many of the DAOs that i'm in are ephemeral so they were a DAO is literally just a coordination mechanism it's not always a quote unquote organization that's meant to live forever and grow to be a multi-billion dollar corporation. It's, it sometimes can just be like a month long coordination effort. You know, like, Hey, let's do this one thing together. Very purpose driven. Like who wants to join this effort and get this thing done? Congratulations. Now we did it and it's coordinated and it's done. And that DAO still lives on and the data is immutable and public. So it's still there. Right. So I'm in 85 DAOs, but it's not like 85 large communities that I'm in that I have to spend a lot of time in, right? Uh, but, so that's a really big point. Like realistically, I, in, I really liked your assumption earlier, which was dead on about, I have been thinned out, you know, like, uh, you know, I am in many, many different DAOs and I do actually care. And many of those are large community DAOs on things that I greatly care about. Therefore, you know, I do kind of, it's a problem. It's like a, it's a, it's a very, you know, how to, I've never had this problem. Like before my problem was trying to find cool things to work on. That was my biggest problem. Like what are the, where are the coolest damn things to work on? Things that I really, really care to work on. Where are they? There's like one or two things that are like really cool. But now there's like 50, thousands of things that are just like amazing, cool things. That's a really big problem, you know? So Sorry to interrupt. It's been my experience over the years as well. The more I work in it, the more things I find where I'm, you know, really fascinated about it. So the problem starts over time turning upside down, right? As a comment. Um, all of it. I think all of it's upside down, basically. And is that's the only way I can really describe it. Like, it's not like when you move into DAOs, it's not just like one or two little things that are small that are different, right? It's literally everything is fucking completely upside down like everything basically uh, which is fun and it's incredibly challenging so let me now do an, another bridge this actually naturally let you, you got to somewhere where i was you know where when i thought about this topic too and i started talking to different people mm -hmm. um was really what i cared about so one one question that's going to lead to the next one is how today how do you pay your rent are you doing um, are you doing actually any work? <laughs> are you like, are you presenting any grants? Are you getting somebody to pay you a salary? You're getting a combination of both. You're living off your tokens. What, what pays your rent today? Right. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I, you know, uh, to be honest, like I have been here for long enough, um, you know, for like five years, active, super actively. I've been crypto only for five years basically or definitely four years like absolutely 100 crypto for four years maybe there was a little bit of 
whatever before that, but not much. But yeah, now for the last four years, absolutely 100%. With that has come, obviously, you know, everything has gone up in that time period. It's not to say that it will forever. So like I'm in a fortuitous position where I do have a foundation of tokens that have gone up basically. So I, I don't have to really worry about that. So that's like a caveat, I think for me, because I've been here long enough and many of us are in the same boat. Um, But, but to answer your question directly, like I do still, I, so I focus most of my time about 80 to 90% of what I consider my productive hours on Dow house. And in doing so, they have a system where you can either get paid. uh, You can either commit to the Dow Uh, Like I'm going to do this kind of work for this much percentage of my time for this amount of time, you know, for like six months or something, or you can just do retroactive where you just make, you just do work and then request at the end of the month. I did this work. I request this, these funds, basically Um, you can, you know, so there's those two options and I've been there a long time and I do commit. 80 to 90% of my time. So I do spend most of my time on Dow House because it's a platform of DAOs. So there's like thousands and thousands of DAOs going through there trying out all kinds of crazy shit. So if I can solve problems there, then I can solve problems for thousands of DAOs. So that's very, very exciting and rewarding. So I spend most of my time there um, doing that. And then the remainder of my time, so that's kind of like a salary in a way, because I'm on it. I'm on the, what we call the commitment track. So like, I know that I get paid this much every month, basically There's every, I mean, you can change it every month or whatever, but, but for now, that's kind of what I'm doing. And then I save 10 to 20% of my time, uh, at least productive time. I do a lot of other things pro bono. So I do a ton of, you know, just public goods stuff, you know, various, the DIA is another community that I'm super uh, uh, involved in also helped found that one. That's like a, um the decentral intelligence agency it's kind of like a meme of the cia but like upside down so it's like instead of you know use the exact same methods of collection synthesis distribution to like a science uh, but for public goods not for keeping secrets but to share DAO information so just a meme upside down meme for for that but things like that there's no roi involved or anything it's just a public goods it's just a horizontal coordination thing that we need to do across all DAOs because that became very very important at the definitely at the tail end of last year but uh, there's so much DAOs now and there's so much there's so many people working on the problems now that we can actually horizontally uh, coordinate instead of just like focusing in our own little silos basically so the DIA is a really uh, cool experiment at doing that uh, but yeah, various different things like that you know just like kind of helping in helping prop up new communities and people are facing trying to do this kind of thing but it's their first time but trying to like whatever just give them as much advice as i can because i've been there many many times um things like that so good i don't okay. know so, 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 perfect. yeah so commitment and some grants so, so smart way of structuring it and i like it and you know if you don't have to work for the money but working for money always makes sense and it's also make somehow sure you're not wasting your time and it's valued somewhere and you know it's not just your hobby right so i like right. that um the one more question there, not too long, but just you, you already partially, I think, answered it. And maybe it's just the answer. You said, yeah, you're spending you know, a lot of your time on Dow House. And you said, I wanted to ask why, and you already said, because you can help thousands of DAOs. So let me just ask the question again and try to give me a little bit more in-depth on that. Not wider, just deeper. Mm-hmm. Why Dow House? Well, it could be any other platform. Why, why, why there? Um, <clears throat> well... It, it just has all of the, I know um, their, what's the, what's the right word? Kind of like their manifesto or their, I know why they are there and why they are doing what they're doing. Um, and it's legitimate uh, in that it's literally a bunch of people. It's a, they're, it's a hundred percent full DAO. Every, every single thing in there is completely decentralized and all DAOs all the way through. Um, and they're always fighting on the very farthest edges of how decentralized things can actually be while, while preserving the actual human experience. Like contributors and DAOs have human problems. They need to pay bills and do all these different things and, you know, and, 
yeah, Dow House focuses on, on those things, but while making sure that everything actually is decentralized, they don't take shortcuts. They don't, they never have, they never will. It's just like the, it's the community. It's community, every, everything over there is community owned. The DAOs own the platform. There's no VCs to own anything. It's, it's all those different things. It's just the most legitimate, in, in my opinion, it's the most legitimate uh, DAO sandbox, I guess, like place to really work with like DAOs on, for what I consider to be the real path forward, which is like not making shortcuts on decentralization for short-term speed and, and power control. Uh, but actually focusing on the hard problems of coordination. Um, you can make tons and tons of shortcuts and bypass coordination and just control things. But um, yeah, focusing on coordination is the actual goal. So yeah, does that answer your question? Does, I think I, as far as the other ones, I mean, Malik Dow, that's the, and Malik Dow's are like, that's the legit Dow contract. Like it's the most minimal viable DAO. It was like literally written as the fix to the DAO hack. It's all the things that you need. It's the most, it's one contract, it's minimal. Um, it's completely open source and in public goods. Like, yeah, there's just random people who work on it all the time and just make it better. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I don't know. Or Aragon's suffered from centralized power problems just like anything else they operate more as a centralized company rather than a DAO and a DAO platform that operates as a centralized company is to me illegitimate it'll never it'll never fulfill, fulfill its goal because it has uh conflicting incentives it's just a truth of nature exactly you know not, not yet so it's looking for because I don't know what you're going to say but that's if it's exactly perfect Two more things, and then I let you go because we had, then I think we're going to an hour or so. And, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I just, you know, at some point I start feeling uncomfortable going like. <laughs> well, I really like your questions though. By the way, just to yeah, that's good. your that's questions good. are great. So, one thing that got me thinking, like when you know, it's always this thing when you look at a certain subject and. And, and and start looking at from different perspectives of different audiences and so on. And, and one of the things mm. that I looked at when I thought about people are very active on DAOs in general and across DAOs and vote on across and you know there. It reminded me of a of a, a angel investor I I worked with I know personally from the valley from ten years ago and uh, happens to be also kite border and you know it was it was very good. <laughs> Remember when I was back then raising money for a startup and I was, we spent some time together on, over lunch and then I asked him like, so how do you decide where, where do you invest, right? And he's like, look, it's really simple. I have always five active investments, okay? And when one of them drops out, then I get another one because I have five, and I asked him why five, and he's like, because I have five days in the week where I work with them. So I work with mm -hmm. one of them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday because my yeah. projects I do really like. So if one folds or one goes, you know, gets acquired, then I have a slot open and then I run around and I do kind of deal screening and go, you know, what, who's going to fuel, who's going to fill my Tuesdays, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought, because I've met tons of like angel investors and VCs over the last 20 years. And I, for me, that was always you know, representative of the most professional angel investor because it was somebody that right. used his money in order to do work in the way he wanted to, you know, and invest his time in the things that he felt were meaningful and um, where he could contribute something because if he, he wouldn't invest in anything where you can't contribute because there's no work. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a and, really impressive part. Yeah, yeah. Wish yeah, all VCs and, did that. Yeah, exactly. So, and I, I thought this is like the most professional angel investment approach that I know. And when I started um, looking more into deep DAO and people, again, including yourself, that are across DAOs, I, I, I thought, well, you know, this is, it reminds me a little bit of that. And what you're telling me reminds me of that, not in the same way that you use Monday, Tuesday, and you know how you right. that's why I'm asking this question. So, yeah, I see um, the parallel though. The parallel is there, right? And parallel yeah, yeah, is yeah. that I can, I can easily do the exact same thing in DAOs where, um, if I weren't doing my like, uh, if I took away that large 
uh, and in the, it's the new year. So I always try to take the end of the new year to reflect on what happened and, you know, kind of like at least partially plan what my strategy is for this year or whatever. Uh, and one of the things that I really wanted to do because, was that um, in order to, yeah, you, you, you get too thinned out. You just can't really produce, you can't add value to the value level that you expect of yourself or you know of yourself. That's what I noticed last year was that I was doing, trying to help out too many different places. Therefore, the quality of my value add was not the quality that I would expect of myself, basically. So this year I hope to kind of like, um, yeah, try to, well, obviously get, you know, general, the general thing about getting better at saying no and so on and so forth but but something like that would be like a pretty decent system for someone who doesn't have a focus like I definitely want to focus a lot of my time on Dow House for sure for a for a long time still but but if I could limit that down to like two or three days or something and then do that day thing which would be I definitely like to have the different the day separation is really nice because I like to wake up and know what I'm going to do and like whatever you know like know what what kind of uh what like at least know what category of thinking I'm going to be doing that day because I do so many different categories of thinking across so many different problems and things and to have like a structure per like yeah that's really nice I think would work you're a process guy too and you know what I think there as well it's almost like a bit like the office office also allows the people that you work with to know you're going to be there on Tuesdays right like yeah it's true yeah yeah coordination yeah yeah exactly right like um and then that gets me to the to to kind of the wrapping question, what would you, do you think that somebody that is in a similar situation in terms of, you know, being able to invest, to not have to work, okay? So to be a professional investor, angel investor, VC, whatever, personal fortune, uh, family money, doesn't matter, right? And to say, you know what, I would really like to get involved in this world, you know, I'm fairly new to it, but I'm, you know, I would like to contribute and I would like to contribute by, with financial resources, but I, I want to learn and participate the same day, right? Go back to this idea <laughs> of angel investor, right? Is there, yeah, yeah. is there a way for people that are just, that have the resources that are interested in the space at this stage in 2022 to start getting involved, right? Getting to this point where they go like, oh, absolutely. How would you, for somebody that, not zero knowledge, but that has not been ever involved like in a DAO, has maybe invested, you know, has some feeling for it, where would, what would you recommend them to start? What other right. steps you would do? I think there's a bunch of, uh, yeah, there's a bunch to unpack there actually, but like one of the, I think one of the best things to do, like there's a, most people that I interact with are like designers or devs for the most part looking or well yeah both technical and non-technical contributors i guess the people who want to contribute for work uh for the most part and for the most and they but they don't know they're new to the space they don't know which project they want to work on i don't recommend them spending all their time and trying to find one project to go work on like there are plenty of other communities Metacartel is one of them um raid guild is another one uh where like there are you know you can join those communities and there's like hundreds of different crazy things going on all the time. And, but it's like one place that, that you have to go to, but there's hundreds of things going through there, which is kind of like the same thing for Dow house for me. It's like one server that I can go through, but there's like hundreds and thousands of different uh, organizations in there doing, trying to do different things, you know? So it's like the same thing where like, you know, yeah, join a group of people who are if investors, you know, the, the, uh, workers, I would point them to Raid Guild for the most part because it's yeah they accept all non-technical and technical contributors, um, just you know everything from like yeah community people and marketing to like smart contracts and node running and whatever whatever depth basically. Uh, but then on the investor side, you know something like there's Meta Cartel for grants, which I actually do recommend for a lot of people who like use that particular type of investor who like actually likes to contribute. Uh, I definitely recommend Meta Cartel first, um, just because it's like the public goods option, where it's like grants and there's just like brand new ideas. This is like pre-seed, pre-seed, so it's like all the alpha, 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 basically. Um, so that's pretty enlightening. But it's 
it's just a DAO. <laughs> Nobody owns it. So like you can contribute to any part of those processes and any of those projects that come through there, right? So that's one way. And then there's MetaCartel Ventures, which is like the more investment side of the, well, it's a completely different DAO, uh, but they focus on the next stage of that basically. So, you know, where MetaCartel is not asking for ROI, MetaCartel Ventures does. So, but it's also a DAO. And like all the due diligence and all that stuff is done by DAO members. So there's like plenty of places to contribute there on the DAO side, as well as the project side, because once they take on a, a portfolio project, then now they have that same thing like Metacartel had where you need like a feedback mechanism, you know, like office hours or, you know, uh, someone to someone in the DAO who like wants to lead the charge and be like the main contact between that project and the DAO mainly would be like something that person would probably like to do. Um, uh, you know, take information from the project to the DAO and vice versa, basically. Uh, hey, everybody, the project's trying to do this. What do we think about it? Collect all the ideas from the incredibly smart, diverse DAO members and then take those back to the project. It's not just like one or two VCs. It's an enormous group of like, highly, highly talented, passionate people, <laughs> you know, uh, but like those larger groups, I guess, is like the, not, not like necessarily projects, because you can just get siloed and, and get too early, I think, like later down the, after like doing some stuff for a while in like larger groups, uh, then I think it's just a good place to feel it out and feel what kinds of projects you really are passionate about in this space, because um, I have felt that like the things that I, I mean, I'm still passionate about the same things, but where I focus my energy is in a is in a different place in crypto than it was in the, the old world. It really is. I don't really do that. I'm not. I don't really do that much design anymore. I still do, just because it's fun. Really, I don't think I'm actually needed. I'm sure they could do it without me, but it's, that's just like my natural output, so I do it. But you know, but I do a lot of other things that I never did before. Like, um, so yeah, there's different holes here. There's different ways to contribute, um, and I think the for that kind of investor who like actually wants to contribute, I mean, that is, that person is very, very welcome in the space. Um, and uh, there's a mechanism for that, even in Moloch DAOs, which again, it's just the most perfect DAO contract, but, uh, but there's a mechanism for that, for either one of those types of people, like people, like there are shares, which represent voting power in the DAO and, gov and exit rights. So like, if there's a million dollars in the treasury and i have shares i can vote on how that those that million dollars get spent or i can just leave with my shares and take a portion of that money that money probably came from me if i am an investor in which case there's another mechanism that's called loot which is like not voting power but it's economic power so for example like as an investor you put in you know a million dollars and you get a, a million loot you can't vote with that, but you can still leave the DAO with that if they fuck up. If they start doing something that you don't like, you can just leave with the rest of your your portion of the investment, basically. Um, so that's loot, and then so you can, but you can balance that. If you want to just be a capital contributor, you can just get loot and not do anything, and just have you know the project has funds, and you can still govern govern by leaving if they fuck up. So you still have that kind of protection. But if you actually want to like have more say over the uh you know you actually want to contribute to like the direction of the project and things then they'll likely give you shares as well because they would greatly appreciate having you know that investor there who actually does want to do that many of them just want to drop in their tokens and and hope that you make them rich right and like but it's certainly any project is going to like greatly enjoy having an investor that actually wants to contribute and help the direction in any way they can through their network or just advice or all the different things that investors can be really, really helpful at if they, yeah. That's, that's good. Um, excellent. I, I, I like this as a good thing to pick up on. So the last thing is just make me curious. I didn't have, have this plan, but <laughs> one of the things that you, you know, you like about Dow house is that it's a Dow and, it's owned by the community and so on and so on and so on. And obviously on the other side, you know, Meta Cartel started giving out grants, but you know, the Meta Cartel Ventures is actually proper studying investments. So mm -hmm. how do you see the role of investors through DAOs or not through DAOs or however 
in this project. So would Dowhouse with VC funding be very different to you than what it is now? Or would it be very different from where the funding comes from? Or how, how do you look at that? I'm not sure what you mean. So um, how, how did Dowhouse get off the ground? Like where, how does it get financed? What, where did it get, right. get from its grant? Right, so yeah, Dow House developed its own funding mechanism, <laughs> basically uh, called a CCO, uh, which they just put out a, a kind of tweet thread about it and some content actually too, I can send you to that. But it's kind of, it's a CCO. So it's like a, it's basically like an ICO, but through a Dow. So it has all those protections for investors where, you know, your, your money just isn't going into a thing and you're getting a token immediately. There's like a whole process to that, which I'm you're probably interested in, I'll send it to you. Uh, but that's how Dow House did it. So they literally, they raised a million dollars in like 63 seconds, <laughs> I think it was. Uh, so they're about to do another one too in like a few months. Uh, but so community contribution opportunity is what it's called though. So it's like, a, it's just a, hey everybody, like we need some more funds together. Uh, you know, we're a Dow and we want to, so now we're going to offer, um, new people to come into the DAO to join it, they can join as capital contributors or, uh, you know, work contributors or a mix of both. That's where the shares and loot combo comes in, which that's usually my role. I definitely, I'm like that kind of person. I don't like to just drop capital, but I will if I know that I don't have time and I really believe in what's going to happen. But, I'll, but with loot, there's no expectation for me to have to do anything. I know that it's just my economic rights, you know, but in a lot of places, I do like to get the shares so that I can have uh, some power if I'm really, really, really passionate about uh, where it's going, and I think I can add value, of course. But so I probably think, I probably digressed. Right? No, no, perfect. No, it's exactly what I was saying. So would Dow House be very different if they had large VC funding? Oh yeah. So the main, I think the well, I think the 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 main, the only main difference. It doesn't matter who is who the people are per se. It's the, it's the structure. So like if. Uh, you know, VCs typically get, typically they just get way too much power to begin with because they come in and they, you know, they're taking the, uh, they're supplying a lot of capital and taking a bunch of risk, right? But you can decentralize that these days. You don't have to go to one, one person or one group of two people and get a fuck ton of money from them. And now you're handing a fuck ton of power. It's a DAO. So you're literally handing a lot of power to one person or one group of people which is not what's what's going to create what that's going to create later is a power dynamic that is that is out of sync basically if you're always allowing the actual community itself to contribute what it wants to contribute uh, and like i said they raised a million dollars in like 63 seconds it's not like a thing that lasts eight months and you go court vcs for like many many months and like oh like they're in control it's literally like hey do you want to you want to like get in on this thing it's great then you know everybody can just put in like a thousand dollars and it's and then congratulations now you have like a you know you have all the funds and everybody has like shares in the DAO and and whatever. So that would that's what that's what it would change in the in the long run is so eventually you get to a situation where there's a platform that users are that users are like so it's a DAO platform so DAOs are on the platform they need the platform <clears throat> to run their DAO it's necessary. And therefore, they should be the ones, the thesis here is that they, the users themselves should govern what goes into the product. That's the big disconnect between like web two apps today. Every single app that I use, I have zero uh, say into what it gives me. And as a designer who's worked on many of those apps, I know what I've been told my entire life, which is to keep people in the app for advertising. It's not for anything to do with you and making your life better or make or any of that. I promise everything that I've been told to do as designer is to keep you in the app for advertising reasons that obviously the users, if they had control over it, would opt for a better experience. That's how we get better experiences apps is by them being controlled, governed by the users themselves. So if VCs, if you had VCs come in with like an outsized portion to begin with, then that just breaks that whole dynamic later down the road. Right. Because now there's like VCs who are like, oh, well, we want capture. We want advertising. And then they have all the powers, you know, whatever, say 30% of the voting power. Nobody else has 10% of the voting power. So they just make it happen. So, yeah, 
Does that make no, sense? It's, not, it's not, really about one of the things that like really I've learned over the time is like constant, constant decentralization from day zero. Basic, basically is the only way to do it. Um, if you ever start to centralize too much in information, capital, in any sector, like it's going to break down eventually. Um, the trust between the participants in the system, you know, in that the users, the devs, the investors, those are like the participants in that economy and that all of them need to be very, very happy. And if the VCs, well, yeah, I think that, I think that made sense. Probably went no, it did. It did. all over no. the place, but that power no. dynamic is the main thing to watch out for. And I mean, I obviously understand where, why VCs would, why they like to get in early and do that because it's maximum extractive, but that's literally the opposite purpose of the DAO. DAOs are to, their purpose is to create value. Their purpose is not to extract value. So that's the, that's the thing. And that, that perhaps that, that topic was, you know, this was the thought, your thought on, on this piece that I was looking, was looking I think that's all that, but VCs them as individuals can contribute just along with anybody else though. I think is the big thing, you know, it's like the, they, they just won't be able to get too much of power of a network too early. If they are able to, they're shooting themselves in the foot basically is what's happening. Um, I mean, they might be able to extract, they might be able to extract a huge amount quick. Who knows? It's crypto that could happen, but it will not, it will not serve uh, humans legitimately over a long term and be like some valuable thing basically going forward. Um, I am yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're screwing down the future of your own project. It's it's, the, it's that same coordination versus control yeah. paradigm. I feel like you know, like yeah, you can get a bunch of control, but you're fucking up the ability for the entire DAO to coordinate. Therefore, you're not going to be able to make money off of it. <laughs> you know, like the more people not going to buy in, like it has all this like it, it's right, right. Yeah. Legitimacy is the main thing. Yeah, yeah. For like, and the legitimacy comes from like only from humans. But, like humans actually need to consider things legitimate. Or especially in crypto, it's like a big, much bigger thing. There are way more fair systems to play with. So why would you choose non-fair systems? You know, it's kind of like the, or yeah, one of the premises, I guess. But there's so many great promises, but we're still, we're still a long way away still. But there's still so much cool stuff that's already happened. Listen, I let you go. There's been several angles on topics that I, you know, hadn't quite seen like that for, for myself. And I'm going to take that with me. I am, um, there's a few things I want to look up and read into, and I want to go back into it into, you know, what you talked to Mira Katal because I've never like really dove in, into the yeah. itself. You know, I'll send you a, things I'll to learn that worth to you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, hit me up anytime, man. I'm, I'm around for the most part. So yeah, because it's helpful to me. So I super appreciate it. Okay. Well, yeah, super great to meet you. Love your questions again. Okay. Bye. See ya. Yes, it's me, Tim. If you made it through the entire recording, this podcast, you might want to subscribe and stay tuned. Over the coming three months, I will be likely releasing about two, pa um, two podcasts per week. Um, focus, obviously, Web3 builders and DAOs and how they can transform our lives. If you have any feedback, questions, or want to suggest a guest that I should interview, simply look me up on Telegram or go to my homepage. Um, very easy, delhas.com, D-E-L-H-A-E-S.com. So see ya, and thanks for tuning in.